we are doing chapter 30. We begin with introducing the entire strategy. The entire strategy is, again, we have this blockage in our heart, seemingly, covering our soul, that we don't feel, that we're not inspired, that we're dull, lethargic, blah, toward God, toward Hashem. Why is this so? Because our animal nature has so covered over the godly energy. How do we overcome this? The soul is perfect. We have no issues with the soul. We need to smash and remove the animal strength covering the soul's energies. This is the third approach now. The first was thinking those thoughts to emotionally break your heart and through breaking your heart, breaking the animal energies that's so connected to the heart. The second was directly screaming at the animal herself, pouring all your wrath and consciously removing your belief from her, not to vitalize her. We vitalize the negativity inside of us by our belief in it. And in this third strategy, we are crushing ourselves by looking at everyone else in the world and understanding that potentially anyone and everyone, any Jew and any non-Jew, could be giving God more pleasure than I am, not in terms of what they are doing, because the actions maybe could be measured, and I could see that I do more godly actions perhaps seemingly than at least some people in the world. But the nachas quotient, the pleasure quotient can't be measured, and that pleasure quotient has a lot to do with how hard is the person working? How much effort is it to overcome their challenges and resistance to serving God? So if I look at any person and think, I have no clue. I don't really know their physical place. I don't really know what they go through in their life. And I don't know their spiritual place. I have no way of knowing how challenged they are on the inside. Put those two things together, I am completely clueless. So it looks to me like, oh, well, come on, this person surely isn't giving God pleasure or, or, or for sure not the pleasure I'm giving God. I have no clue because how hard am I pushing myself? How great are my challenges? How great is my resistance? I have no clue. Now that we understand that, the rabbit clarifies just like sort of a, a disclaimer. It almost be parenthetical to the flow of the chapter, but a very important clarification. This does not mean to say that that person who grew up on a street corner and whose inner evil is intently commercial of and strong, that doesn't mean that he's exempt from his sins. That doesn't mean that he's off the hook, even though both of those things are true. He would still be called a Russia. He'd be called completely wicked. If he sins, even though we're saying, oh, my gosh, look at how he was raised. Oh, my gosh, look at all his inner struggles. Wow, any little thing he's doing is giving God so much pleasure. The fact that he's not committing more horrific sins is giving God so much pleasure. All that's true, meaning there are two things to weigh. One thing is the pleasure of, of the struggle to serve God and keep away from evil as much as possible. The other thing is the practical, one has to keep God's laws and one has to keep away from God transgressions. So how are we expecting this person who grew up on a street corner, who grew up ignorant, who grew up in an abusive, negative environment, who grew up incredibly challenged, who, who has lots and lots of inner struggles, how are we expecting him to, to align himself with God's will? 
The Rebbe says very simply, fear of God. Pachad elokim. A person who has minimal education and minimal spirituality in his environment still can draw an innate fear of God that is applicable to all mankind. And if you pull on your fear of God, this will enable you to overcome all of your desires. Just think, the Rebbe says. Again, this is a very simplistic thought. There's a very simplistic person who has lots of excuses for why he's messing up. But all of those excuses don't validate messing up. They create the nachat factor for the good he does. But they don't validate messing up. So what's he supposed to think about? This very simple person from a very primitive background. He's supposed to think, as any human being can get this idea, there is a God and he sees you. He sees everything you are doing. He's watching you. And he's expecting you to live a life in connaissance with his will. He's giving you the strength to do it. And he's watching you. He needs you to do it. Later, we're going to revisit this idea in chapter 42 on a deeper level and really explain very deeply what does this mean, how God sees and is aware of everything in our life. But here, even on a very simple level, there's an eye that sees, there's an ear that sees. Hears. He's watching. He's looking. He needs you to overcome, and you can and you must. But I don't know anything. I, I'm undisciplined. I'm wild. I'm primitive. Okay, but you're human. Humans have ability. The ability of a human is the mind can control the heart. That's why man is upright and we don't go on all fours. Our mind, all humans, including non-Jews, our mind can control our heart. That is a gift of being human. So even though it is a very huge challenge and we're, we appreciate the challenge and we're sympathetic to the challenge, and the challenge, of course, has a purpose and as part of your soul's journey, but even though it's an incredible, incredible battle to overcome this evil inclination that's burning away inside of you, you can. Your fear of God can help you overcome 